0: Arizona Sports is proud to present the Uprising Podcast hosted by Kellen Olsen. Uprising
1: Podcast.
0: Hello there and welcome to the Uprising Podcast, a podcast about the Phoenix Rising Football Club. We are back after a week off. Apologies for that. I was up in Flagstaff for the Phoenix Suns training camp Jake was just chugging along, though, as usual, keeping an eye on the squad. We, Jake, we mentioned last episode, we were both really curious to see how they would respond after the streak ended, and they not only dropped points, but they lost. Shaky game against New Mexico, 2-2 two, two draw. How would you describe that? I mean, it's a great comeback. They were down 2-0, tied 2-2. Two, two. How would you describe the way the game actually went?
1: So, I'll give you credit there to where those were the two matches that we circled in terms yeah. of what we were looking for toward the end of the year. So, mine was Fresno, yours was New Mexico. But yeah, it really wasn't the greatest of matches from a Rising's perspective for almost 70 minutes, I want to say. Um, I mean, they went down early, so that never helps. And then you allowed the second goal and right there you kind of think what's going on here and i was talking to Joey Calistri about it yesterday about his uh at the death tie and he said that that crowd because of how big it is you know 13,000 people and it was just a crazy atmosphere and um he actually said yesterday at the uh soccer charity ball that he doesn't remember the slide celebration. He just kind (laughs) of blacked out after that point. Amazing. But yeah, it's kind of a, a norm this season that we've seen that's been a very important part, and that's Rick Shantz's substitutes. And it's like every time he makes a substitute, that individual player scores a goal, has an assist, or is part of the buildup. I mean, Kevin Lambert... Um, back in that crazy, believe it was Tacoma comeback, he didn't get the assist, but he won the ball in the attacking third and created an opportunity to get one of those three goals in three minutes. So, as as long as that keeps happening, I mean, Sean his team better than anybody else, and the fact that, you know, Clutch Kalistri, is always scoring 95th-minute bangers to keep the team in it, win it for the team. I mean, Got JJ off the bench. There's a lot of options. It seems very, very deep, um, and yeah. And so for this, this last match they just had against Portland, we saw a big shake in the lineups.
0: Yeah. Um, and it led to a shaky game. It was all over the place.
1: Yeah. I mean, I kind of expected when uh, certain guys aren't playing together yeah. all the time, and you know it, it happens. But luckily they were. Able to get the job done. I mean, they had a very, very, very sloppy own goal, um, which is just like I said. It's unfortunate, you know. You had Austin led better. It passed it back to to Waz, and it was like a it was like a good pass to the post, you know. And Carl wasn't really expecting it to be like that, and it goes past him. But I mean. For what happened last year, the last three matches, they dropped eight points and that ended up costing them, you know, in the standings. That isn't an issue this year, but you don't want to be limping into the playoffs like they did last year. And if you can get guys' time and minutes, especially ones that don't start, like Ben Spencer, I I mean, obviously two goals and that's going to be one of the better games he's played, but like he looked good. It wasn't one of those Mm -hmm. where he was just... Yeah. there and it was a bad team. So for for guys like Ben Spencer, Joey Calistri, guys that are going to be first off the bench coming into form at this time of the year is perfect.
0: You were out there yesterday, we'll get to that in a bit, in terms of just looking ahead to next week and the next couple of weeks. But I think the main the main talking point around the team right now is exactly where do they need to find their rhythm and where does that coincide with resting guys? Because it's an extremely long season. They work so hard to get what they have right now, which is the relief of they do not need to really go all out here in these last two games with their best 11 and have those guys all play 90 minutes. You saw Asante in that game come off in the 72nd. Like he's, he's not really a guy that is going to come off at all really. And, That is the added benefit that they are going to have to this time. But with that being said, they are now at a point where they have lost. They were down 2-0 and were lucky to get a draw. And then they play this 5-3 back and forth, really just all over the place game. We can't really draw anything from. So with those three matches now going into the final two of the season, Asante is someone I'm looking at in particular, has the penalty misses and the loss, did not score in either of these games. Do you think it's important for Rick Schatz to play most of his starters in these last two games to get a rhythm and in particular, someone like Asante, who is the leading goal scorer in the league. He has not scored in three matches now, which I mean, for, for soccer, that happens to everyone all the time, but just feels the timing
1: like route for him,
0: but the timing of it. And like you said, with the form that he's been in, the form this club has been in, it does feel like a drought. Where do you stand on that argument uh, because i'm not as you can tell by the way i'm saying it i'm not actually sure where i stand i think that solo is a good enough player that you can trust to where you don't need to play him in these two if you feel like the rest is that important it's, it's a lot on the manager to kind of feel out how the fitness is of the guys right
1: yeah and they wear the the pods that track how much they run um it was funny yesterday they a couple of guys were shooting after practice and and Rick's like, guys, like, you're done. Like, you ran X amount already. Like, <laughs> yeah. th- like th- we'll be here tomorrow. But, yeah, I, that's the the tough part of a manager's job. Um, and that's why they chose him to do what he does. Personally, I think it's maybe like 60-40, maybe closer to 70-30 in terms of playing your starters, playing the guys that are going to be playing. Um I wouldn't want them to play a full 90. I'd like to see John Baccaro play a full 90. I was about to say, I think the the one thing I
0: absolutely want to see is Lambert, Aginaga, and Baccaro start a game together. Now, one of them yeah. can come off at halftime, but I think those three getting back to the form they were in during the win streak is huge.
1: That's a good point. And then especially against Monarchs, who is in fourth place right now, that's going to be kind of the closest, you know, top competitive team in this point of the season where you can kind of do that experiment with Baccaro back in the lineup. Both games at home as well. That's going to help. Yeah, and then you play OKC final game of the year which is Dollar Beer Night and with the absolute mess that's the last few playoff spots in the West, there's really no telling with a few matches left who those teams are going to be, but theoretically we could have a repeat of last year to where the team you play last, they play again. Um, theoretically, you know, OKC could finish 9-10, and if they win, the lower seed from the two playing games is going to come to Phoenix for the Western Conference quarterfinal.
0: Who's a player outside of Solo and Baquero that you're focusing on the most in these last two games? Because one of the main themes of this season for us and looking at this squad has been how complete it is and how every single guy has played well. So who is someone that you've been maybe looking at in the past couple of games outside of those two bigger names that are the more obvious ones that you want to see kind of find their stride here at the end of the year?
1: So with Junior being gone on international duty, uh, Kalistri would be my assumption to start in place of him because he's in awesome form right now. Um, I would want to see Jason Johnson Kind of have that first match to where it's like okay, JJ's back kind of thing. I haven't seen a performance where it was like okay, like he's good, he's back, he's he's had some some moments, but he hasn't had a, a solid uh, performance, and and that just takes legs getting under you. He needs to get minutes. Um, the center back duo, not really sure exactly who that would be. I assume Corey Whelan will at least be one of them. But we've seen Cochran, we've seen Mala, um, we've seen Farrell, you know, all year. So that'll be interesting for me to see. Um, But yeah, I think those are really the only two maybe.
0: So the defense, one thing I wanted to mention, I went back in the last, I believe if I just did the counting right, in the last 18 league matches before they lost, so in that win streak, it took them ten games to give up seven goals, and then after that, when they reached the seven-goal total, and it reset, it was another eight matches until they gave up seven goals. They've given up seven goals in the last three games. I'm looking at the defense because that has been the that has been the fallback of this team. So in in a game like this where they win five three, we have rarely seen them give up three goals or more. I would have to go back and look and see how many times one they was gave an up. own goal. One was an own one goal was to be an fair. Own goal goes in the back of the net still counts it does so, so i i two two draw i mean giving up two or more goals in three straight matches i don't think they've done that all season i would have to scroll through the schedule right now and check but on the rare occasions like you look at some of these wins during the win streak right now i'm just scrolling and i count already three one nil wins they've had in the past month and a half obviously can't do that if you're giving up goals so i, I think the defense in these last two games i want to see a clean sheet in the last two games at that's that's a high, a tall order maybe for some teams. I don't think it is for this team. Just I think that's what Shantz is going to be. Uh, we're hoping to get him on before the playoffs, and I, I can already like foresee him just talking about the amount of goals that they've let in during this stretch being the thing and just kind of back to the start of the season where all the talent's there, the goal scoring is there, but the structure maybe is, is a little bit loose. So just a, a tight, compressed 1-0, 2-0 7-0, however many goals they score, doesn't matter. <laughs> Just the zero is going to be the most important thing uh, for me in the next two games. I want to see at least one clean sheet, at
1: least one. I think that should be doable, especially against OKC. But again, we'll see what the lineup will be. That's the thing, yeah. And with these last three matches, remember, they were all on the road. You know, So they've been traveling. They're not playing at home. They're not going to have to leave Arizona for a month if the season continues to go all the way until the end. There's no more traveling for them. Whereas other teams are going to have to be traveling here. I would assume we'll see Zach Lubin and maybe see Carl Wazinski one more time before the playoffs start. Um, it's unfortunate Zach won't be able to break the record. There's two matches left. He'll be able to tie the clean sheet record at 15. He's at 13 right now. We
0: need like a lead in like Jake's all-time USL records being broken update of the week because <laughs> there's, there's, there's too many 25 million of them
1: i uh yeah. was talking to to rambo last night peter ramage and he was kind of like you know like we want we want that record of all-time points they're at uh, 75 or 74 right now and they need 78 i know they need a uh, win and they need a draw to break since record from last year um and then also solo's nest seventy five they're at seventy five okay nineteen clear of Fresno
0: still we're acting like the club is in distress, and they're nineteen clear of Fresno <laughs> yeah,
1: but that's the thing is that that speaks to how well they've been playing throughout the course of the year to where you're not winning pretty enough kind of thing,
0: but to put a to put a bow on the episode, I think that it speaks to the fragile nature of the playoffs it's Well, Rambo
1: said it last night. He goes, "One and done." In his accent, I won't do it. But in his accent, (laughs) it's a lottery. You know, it's you know, and I I said to him, "You don't even have to score a goal to win the USL Cup. You can go to penalties, nil-nil, every single round." In advance.
0: To top Jake's big stat of the week, mine is that Fresno and Reno are two and three in the West. Their goal differentials are 16, so that adds up to 32. Rising is thirty-six goals clear of Fresno in the goal differential. They're plus fifty-two. So even if you add up the goal differential, of those two teams, it still doesn't make up the gap between second and first. That's how dominant they've been. But one wrong match, and that's and that's the thing about their current form is that if this was a, if we were talking other sports, best of three, best of five, if we were just talking about the Champions League, where it's in in Europa League and those kind of formats or away goals and things like that. A lot more room for error, but this format just doesn't allow that at all. So even if you put up the best season in league history, just the wrong match on the wrong night, and they've been having the wrong matches on the wrong night now for three in a row because we just we just know the way this team plays and how they look, especially with the way the loss went, solo missing two penalties, giving up three goals, and then being down 2-0. I mean, when have we seen them down 2-0 this season? It was, it was three games
1: back-to-back with alarm bells ringing. Yeah, and I'm sure it, it kind of feels like it's you're they're just waiting. It's kind of thing Yeah, it's right? like, you're like come on a good point. Let, let's go kind of thing, but I mean they're professionals, they're all focused. They all have to compete against each other to a point to to continue being in the starting 11. Um but to go back, I just wanted to say that Solo is one assist away from breaking the all-time record, so whoever can get on the end of something that he provides. That'll yeah. be the record breaker.
0: It's kind of what we talked about before, right? Remember they had the San Antonio and Las Vegas games and they were shaky 1-0 wins where we were kind of saying, uh-oh, and then they smashed Galaxy 4-1. Galaxy 2, they smashed them 4-1. And that's I think that's the type of thing we want to see here. For me, like defensively, though.
1: Yeah, and, and again, all their games are at home now. And, you know, they haven't, they haven't lost a game, knock on wood, um, since they played Portland the last game in the regular season last year. And other than this week's game against Monarchs and the first round of the playoffs, which is on the 26th, which is a Saturday, every other match will be on Friday. So you have OKC Dollar Beer Night on Friday, and then should Rising keep advancing, you'll have November 1st and November 8th being the Western Conference semifinals and final, respectively. But what you were saying about all those statistics for... You know, the standings, the one I keep noticing is it took 30 weeks for another team to reach 60 points. (laughs) It only took rising 20 weeks and winning 20 in a row to get to 60 points. I mean, it's a crazy season. It'll be disheartening if they don't end up winning the quote-unquote trouble, even though there really isn't an actual supporter shield. But
0: I I think for me, actually, and we're going to talk about expectations more going before the playoff match, but to kind of preview it, for me, it'll be disheartening if they go out the way they've been playing in the past couple of matches. If they play well and they just get outplayed by just an amazing performance, what can you do to kind of put a local angle on it when... Uh, i 'm a huge u of a fan uh, I went to school oh. there, graduated oh, no. there oh no. yeah i 'm sorry, I love u of a basketball and watching it since I was a kid that 's probably like my favorite local team to watch uh growing up was u of a basketball. They got knocked out by Wisconsin in the in the tournament back to back years. Frank Kaminsky played the game of his life, and one of them Sam Decker, turned into Larry Bird and the other one, and that 's just where you just <laughs> you tip your cap and say okay like whatever we we didn 't lose because we shot thirty percent from the field and we were terrible. we lost because they were just it was their night. So if they have that type of match anywhere, like even in this quarterfinals matchup, I don't think I will personally look at it as, I'll look at it as a disappointment on the season for sure, but in the moment, I don't think I'll look at it and say like, man, they should have
1: at least just won the thing. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and, and because of the, the structure of the league, in a way, if they don't win the USL Cup, I feel like it'll be kind of tarnished, to what they've accomplished this year, to what is ultimately everywhere else in the world would be the title. But if they don't win the playoffs, it'll kind of be, I don't want to say forgotten about, but obviously they're not named the champs. They don't have the trophy. They're not the ones celebrating with the confetti. So it's just... It's like Rambo said it's a lottery, it's single elimination. It's like the World Cup, like a bad bounce, a yeah. ba- there's no VAR, a bad call, a penalty, like any little thing and then should they go to penalties, they have a very bad history in pens. Real quick, who would you have shoot? Who P- are your, who are your fives? You get who are your five? I'm <sighs> The front, the, the assuming front three.
0: we're assuming we're getting like the regular starting eleven we saw during the win streak, right? Well, this is the playoffs, yeah. Yeah. So the front three, solo second,
1: solo second. Okay.
0: I'm putting John first. Adam's gonna do some like weird like walk up that throws the dude off. That's gonna get in his head early. Okay. He seems like that type of dude. <laughs> just just putting his personality in. Those three,
1: Mm Hmm. I think Lambert. Over oh, Aginaga? I literally have the same exact one. Yeah. Something about Lambert stepping up to the spot.
0: It it just seems like he's the type of guy who wouldn't be phased. He has the sort of swagger to not get phased by the moment. But I mean that spot does something to people, man. Remember when Sergio Ramos sent one into the upper deck? Like
1: it's Roberto Baggio in ninety four sent one out, and he was Best player in the world. I mean, it happens to everybody.
0: For the sake of everyone listening and for us, I hope we don't get to see that, because that is going to be immensely stressful. Because you and me have both watched penalty shootouts with our club, like, in situations, but not in a win-or-go-home type of situation.
1: I mean, they already got knocked out. They The last two years, they've been knocked out of their first game in the Open Cup in Pens.
0: The equivalent I had was Wando skying it against Belgium, but, I mean, that was in extra time, so... Sorry to bring that up. Okay. All right, everyone. We're going to leave on that note. (laughs) See you next week. Peace.